Welcome to Water Treatment Experts by Antunis. This is the one stop for solving all your common residential water treatment needs. You have a water problem? We can solve it. Access to clean and clear water at home is easier than you think. Hello and welcome to Water Treatment Experts, a podcast from Antunis Water. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. When it comes to something as important as drinking water, ensuring that you're making the best decision possible is vitally important. This is why we're happy to welcome our guest today, a man whose credentials in this area speak for themselves. His name is Joe Harrison. He managed a safe drinking water branch with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency from 1974 to 1990. And then he worked as the technical director of the U.S. Trade Association, the Water Quality Association, representing small-scale water supply treatment from 1990 to 2010. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome, Tyler. Very welcome. Absolutely. Well, uh, that is quite the resume that you have, uh, that you've built up over the years, Joe. So how did your understanding of what safe drinking water is change and evolve throughout your time in these in these roles, like I mentioned? Well, the, the definition of safe drinking water has changed a lot. You know, when the millennium changed in year 2000, they, they judged some things like what was the most advanced, this and that. And in terms of public health advancements, the treatment of drinking water was one of the most greatest public health advancements of the last 100 years right. prior to mm-hmm. 2000. But safe drinking water looked, was just looking clear water back in the 1900s. And then they found out that there was bacteria in water and typhoid fever from uh, people not filtering their water properly was, was a real serious problem in cities where wastewater was getting mingled in with their sources of fresh water. Uh, so they learned how to disinfect water with chlorine and filter it with sand. That was a great public health advancement. And then through the years, bacteria and viruses were, got to be very serious. I would say within the last 20 years, things that uh, we make and use for our own uh, our, our own enhancements in life. There's thousands of new chemicals dis- discovered in every day, and many of them don't get used for much, but many of them are. Synthetic organic mm-hmm. chemicals are everywhere, and they're in our drinking water, and they're probably causing insidious things to happen that we don't really know all that much about, but we do know that they can mimic your hormones and, and, and cause, cause health effects. And we do know things that are happening, like people are, are uh, uh, reaching puberty earlier and, and things like that. So I guess, you know, going all the way back from just cl- look, looking clean and then going th- understanding bacteria and viruses, organisms in the water, to now worrying about molecules of uh, synthetic organic chemicals is probably is the way safe drinking water has evolved. Absolutely. So you conducted pilot studies with the EPA and state and county health departments to demonstrate the efficacy of point of use. So tell me about those studies and, and what you learned from them and kind of uh, how you then applied that knowledge that you gained from those types of studies. Well, they came about because when the Safe Drinking Water Act was passed in uh, the 1970s, uh, any any water supply that served 25 or more persons is uh, considered a public water supply and it then is, is to be regulated under the Safe Drinking Water Act and, and has to meet all of the Safe Drinking Water Act standards. So there were many small places, uh, mobile home parks and uh, things like that that had 25 people and all in the same source of water. And they just didn't really have the financial wherewithal to meet those standards sometimes. I mean, they could meet simple things like disinfection to to kill the bacteria, but if they had radium in the water or barium in the water or 
synthetic organic chemicals in the water or nitrates in the water. Those, those treatments got to be complex and, and expensive to treat, all of the, uh, to, to, to treat all of their water supply. And so the, the industry that I worked with, the Water Quality Association, had manufacturers that made products that would just target the drinking water, very high technology water treatment uh, products, but they would, didn't have to treat all of the uh, flushing water and the washing water that would come in with a water supply. Mm -hmm. And so, so they became affordable for these small places to treat things like radium and barium and, and chemicals and nitrates because they could put them in each person's house at their faucet and then just uh, treat the water that came into their drinking water glass. Uh, and it could be very high tech, high technology, very sophisticated treatments that, that, that cities and towns can't even use because it's just too expensive to treat the, the full volume of water supply. But they could, it, it would work for, for treating the drinking water in these, in these communities. And so US EPA and a lot of states and counties got very interested in that because they were beside themselves as to how to enforce compliance in these small places that we just couldn't afford that kind of treatment for the entire supply of water. So they asked us to come in and demonstrate how at the point of use, we could use some things like reverse osmosis and ultrafiltration, activated carbon, different resins with ion exchange capabilities, a lot of uh, targeted treatments to handle these contaminants. But since they're only treating the few gallons that a person might use for drinking and cooking a day, it could be affordable. So we did did those demonstrations a lot of places. I know California had a number. We had a num number of them in New Mexico. We had in Virginia, uh, Appalachia area. We treated all kinds of contaminants with these high technology treatments that are available in point of use products. Yeah, you know uh, what you said there, I found really, really interesting, and I want to I want to go back and, and ask a question about one of the points that you made there. Just that with the use of modern technologies and employing them in the the small use cases, like you mentioned, you said you can get a higher degree of treatment and and water safety at home than you do from central municipal water treatment facilities, just because it's too expensive to employ in those types of settings. So you're you're really saying then that that you can have cleaner water by employing these treatments and employing this technology in your home in those specific areas, you know, where you're going to use that, use it for drinking, um, you're able to get a, a higher quality than, than what you would get from a central municipal water treatment facility. Yes, you can. I mean, a simple one to understand would be like distillation. That's one of the technologies we use, but, but uh, cities and towns aren't going to distill all of their water supply and then, then supply that distillate out through their distribution pipes. But uh, when you distill water, you evaporate everything, you just evaporate the H2O molecules. And then when you recondense it, all the contaminants are left behind and not in that water. So those kind of things you can, uh, you can use when you're just treating your drinking water supply and you can make it safer, more safe than what the cities and towns are able to uh, afford to send to you. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really incredible thing to to be able to state and uh, and a good thing for people to know just out in, in the general public that you're able to have that quality of water in your home. So you mentioned some of the technologies there. You know, you mentioned distilling and then uh, also uh, some of the other ways that this is able to to take place. So how has technology evolved over the years uh, to allow for such a high quality of water to be available in the home? Well, that's evolved too. I mean, we always knew, for example, that that activated carbon could absorb contaminants. 
And cities and towns used to take powdered activated carbon sometimes when they'd have taste and odor problems or organics getting in and they would sprinkle it into their basins of water that came into their treatment plant. But in the home, we, we take activated carbon and we can put it in all kinds of configurations and we could add other adjuncts to it like uh, titaniums and silicates and things to, to target contaminants. We can put it in a block, that a, a solid block that has a very fine micro porosity and we can start removing volatile organic chemicals or synthetic organic chemicals and disinfection byproducts like trihalomethanes and all these endocrine disruptors and things that are, we're finding in water with things like a carbon block or, the, or reverse osmosis membranes, different kinds of uh, ion exchange resins with, uh, again, specialties, uh, specialty features added into them. Anything that's uh, dissolved in the water or an organic that is uh, just in the water in, in very small molecular concentrations. These high technologies we have going from membranes to resins to activated carbon blocks to microporosity filters can be used to, to take practically everything out of water except the H2O part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really incredible. And I, I want to go back to another point that you made that I found uh, really interesting, that you can focus these technologies uh, solely on the drinking water supply, right? And, and not use it for, um, not use these technologies for other functions in the house, which reduces cost for end users, right? The uh, the water that uh, that you comes into your home comes in probably, is used probably at the rate of about 100 gallons per person per day. But most of that is used, of course, for flushing and for washing. The amount you drink out of that or used for cooking is maybe a gallon or, or so a day. So, you know, one maybe 1% of it is used for drinking or cooking. So if you just focus, target onto that small quantity, you can apply these high technology treatments to uh, get that water very, 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 very pure. Absolutely. Now, for these types of products, are they difficult to be installed in a home? Uh, are they are, are they large? You know, kind of talk me through the, the the ease of deployment when it comes to having these types of products uh, be integrated into your drinking water supply in a home setting. They're very consumer friendly, and they're, they're uh, they can be installed under your sink and then plumbed into your water supply. But but then the treated water comes up to a third faucet or it can be an attachment right on your, your kitchen sink faucet that you just turn a lever and it, it comes out through the filter. It can be in your refrigerator water supply. That's just drinking and cooking water there. So little cartridges you put in and when they when they are exhausted, you get a new cartridge and just, just plug it in, very consumer friendly. Uh, these technologies are, are tested and certified by a, a, a American National Standards Institute accredited laboratory and and ANSI accredited standards so that we know when they're certified to remove contaminants in such a way by, by an accredited laboratory that you can trust that they actually will do what, what the uh, advertising says it will do. Mm -hmm. So they're a very small footprint and can be installed a number of different ways, but uh, it's not difficult or not difficult to use either. Right, right. So you have uh, just a, a wealth of information in this area that the general public probably uh, isn't aware of and, and doesn't realize. And so just throughout this conversation, I think this has been extremely I informative just for uh, general, you know, 
people at large who don't have this type of expertise when it comes to uh, you know to knowing what's in their drinking water, what goes into making it clean. So, what types of things should uh, should citizens and should uh, people who don't have the type of expertise that you have, uh, what should, sort of things should they be aware of about their drinking water, and should they be thinking through when it comes to making the right decisions for themselves and for their families? Well, if you have any concerns about your drinking water at all, uh, you can contact a reputable drinking water service company in your area, and they can come out and test and explain things to you. But if, if you're uh, in a city that's taking water from a river, that, that river has probably had uh, waste from manufacturers in other cities go into that river, and, and then it comes out and it's treated. But it, that treatment is not likely getting out 100% of all of the contaminants that are in there. Or if you're in your, if you have a well and you're next to an agricultural area where they are applying chemicals on uh, agricultural fields, some of those chemicals could likely get down into the groundwater and also get to your well, or or effluents from a septic tank could be getting in getting near your well. So if you've got any questions or concerns about any of those things, you can call a a, a local uh, dealer that you feel you can trust in your area and have them come out and test your water supply. And, or if you just want your own your own peace of mind that you're you're getting your water supply as pure as you can, you could you can buy a product like a like a reverse osmosis system or a, a carbon block or activated carbon filtration system. You can have peace of mind that uh, if there is something in your water, those kind of technologies will will uh, will take it out. Right, and you know I think that this is something that. Um that is top of mind for a lot of people these days, especially as people are spending more time than ever at home and probably drinking more of you know the water that comes into their home uh, than ever these days. I know I'm sitting here with a, a bottle of water right next to uh, right next to my desk, uh, you know, filled with water that I got from the tap, right? And so I think that this is something that uh, that has only grown in importance in recent times, just based on you know current events and and the way that people are are staying at home more often. Sure. When you buy bottled water, the Federal Food and Drug Administration regulates how what what you can call bottled water. But if you uh, if you buy if you have a buy a bottled water that says purified water, it's pure water. Then the Food and Drug Administration requires that that water has been filtered through reverse osmosis treatment. And that is one of the high technology treatments that we can we can use in the home for all for all your drinking water. Mm-hmm. So if you if you run run a water supply through a through a reverse osmosis system, uh, then you can put it in a bottle and call it purified because it it, it really is purified. It it's, has everything taken out except the water. And I think that the, the products that you have um, that you've detailed and and the, the way that you've talked about uh, what. The, the, the high quality of water that you can get coming into your home. I think that is important to people now, especially because uh, more and more often people are caring about the environment and caring about, you know, the amount of waste that's associated with, with bottled water as well. And so, you know, there's there's plastic bottles that uh, they get thrown away and that, um, you know, that, that exist. And so if you can have clean water coming into your home, then I think that also gives people, you know, that, that peace of mind that they have clean water in their house that they can trust they can rely on those products, but then also they have the uh, the added benefit of of reducing their their use of plastics and, and things like that, which is important to a lot of people. 
Sure, sure, exactly. I mean, that you don't have the plastic bottle to dispose of if you treat it with a device in your own home at your kitchen sink. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Joe Harrison, he is the, uh, the expert in all things uh, safe drinking water. Uh, again, his uh, his credentials speak for themselves just in his uh, his years in the industry and the knowledge that he has built up over those years. And so, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today here on Water Treatment Experts by Antunas and, uh, and sharing your expertise with us. You're very welcome, Tyler. Antunas is a great company. They have they have superb products in their in their product line for treating drinking water. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's why we're happy to uh, to partner with them on this project, and we're very happy you came on the podcast today. So thank you again, Joe. Okay, you're very welcome. And everybody, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Water Treatment Experts. We appreciate you joining us very much, and I hope you found it as informative and insightful as I did. And, and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast today, because uh, we're going to have more uh, expert insight coming to you soon on the podcast channel. You can also go back and listen to a previous episode uh, that I recorded with Melissa Nicopolis as well. Thank you again so much for joining us today. We'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler. Kern. Thanks for listening.